heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Kind of makes sense now as to how much they fought Trump policies and more so how they fought America First policies. Got to remember now. For the most part, these are globalists. They have a different viewpoint of the world. They have a different viewpoint of America. That's why they have no problem leaving open borders and leaving just anybody to come into the country they want. Crime running rampant, uh, the economy in the trash, uh, because these policies are not designed for to improve the lives of Americans. Clearly, sometimes it, you have to rattle your mind to who, who, whose life they are improving, indeed. But they surely are not improving Americans' lives. So it begins to make a lot of sense now. This this uh, this foaming and feverish pitch that they had through that four plus years of Trump. You know, we we always refer to it as a, a Trump derangement syndrome (TDS). Right. I mean, looking back now in the review mirror, it's it was probably far more than that. I think they felt they were losing their grip and they were losing their potential for power because. If you recollect back there, as good as the country was doing prior to COVID entering the country in early 2020, you, you know, you go back to the, the 2019 and you see economically where the country was in 18 and 19 and the general mood. Now, there was always a push and a, a crisis. Uh, we can never lose sight of that in trying to attack the Trump administration. You remember all the whistleblowers, all of the, uh, the the secrets, the leaks, the leaks that were coming out every time, the agencies, the bureaucrats. There was always a crisis. It was never, never a peaceful moment. Always, always a crisis. And yet now we see right now in this current climate here, where there's a lot of evidence where there could be crises but yet there are none. The media has no, I mean, look at the comparisons. Let's just start with that for a moment, okay? Just look at the comparisons right now and go back and look at the comparisons of the Trump administration. Just go Google back or search, don't Google, go to DuckDuckGo or Bing or something, but uh, go back and so we gotta stop saying that Google word. We gotta go search. And so just go look and see and go back to the uh, 2018, 2019 and uh, look at uh, where the country was, the mood, the attacks on the Trump administration and how widespread it was. It, it had been something it wasn't like I said, just one or two, three crises. It was it was a constant. The, the house was on fire all of the time. Uh, to the point we'd never seen anything like that before uh, in an administration under such fire, such duress. I commented on it many times to listeners. I've told you all many, many times that, you know, this president not, never had a waking moment or in, in, I'm not trying to say poor pity Trump or anything. That's not what this is about at all. I'm not rabid on this stuff as some people are, as you know, I just look at the facts and the facts tell a very big story here, my fellow Americans. And uh, 
and the way that election went in 2020, the controversy behind it, then the January 6th event, all of the drama around the changing of the rules because of COVID and the election. Remember, all the rules were changed. And then in a mind-bending moment, somehow, and this would have to be an act, I don't think it's an act of God, but potentially an act of Satan, somehow or another, this man gets more votes than any president in our history. And yet there was never a campaign. He never took questions. He never ran on anything. Uh, nobody really had any idea. I mean, he literally did run this thing. At, you know, the thing is from his basement or whatever, uh, not to make light of anything, but there was nothing normal about the 2020 general election. You'll agree with that. I mean, that was, it was so unusual and so odd, the whole, the way the whole thing played out. And you consider all of that. And somehow, again, by an act of lightning striking or an act of Satan or something, I can't imagine it's an act of God, uh, unless he was really testing the American people that wanted to throw one, one more monkey wrench into the, the well here. And I, and I never discount that, actually, not to be smart here, but I never discount that. I think we are being tested and we are being challenged right now. Uh, I, the question will be, do, do we pass the test, you know? And there are some signs there. there listen, there, it is not all, it's not all in the, in the tank, people. It's not all that doom and gloom. There are some really interesting signs. I'll tell you about them today, which could potentially give folks a jump in their step. I say that, but yet at the same time, I don't like to butter the bread before it's baked. You know, I don't, uh, I don't want to count the, 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 the chicken jet, right? Uh, you know, I, I want to see this thing play. I want to get overly cocky. I want to assume, you know, a lot of people are already counting the election as a success, the midterms in 2022, when it hasn't even happened yet. First vote hasn't happened yet. And people say, oh, my God, they're going to they're going to slam them. And that's where that overconfidence plays in. And that's that's a cancer. That's that's a cancer for a lot of reasons. OK, and it's way too early for that. So you, nobody should be confident or overconfident of anything. And that's the thing I always learned from the corporate boardrooms. Actually, always play like you're from you're in you're coming from behind. Always, oh, even when you're ahead, even when you're winning, okay. Always play like you're behind, like you're coming from behind. It keeps you sharp. It keeps you your very best on the edge. And I think that's a lesson that Americans could take note of right now, this very moment here in early 2022, as we rev up to a very, very uh, important, crucial year by any stretch, because and it's mostly because of the teeter and tottering that the country falls on. It's no longer just a talking point or something privately at the water cooler where we're talking about socialism and communism in our country. I mean, that, that has already permeated the air here and is conversational talk that's happening everywhere. So to be clear, these are not just theories or potential whatever. They are real, uh, real time, time, timely events that could change 
this nation in ways that you could not even think or realize, my fellow Americans. I mean, you talk about taking America for granted. I think we have. I think we have as a people. We have absolutely taken this nation for granted. That's, I'm not pleased to report that at all, but I am very sure of it. I'm very convinced of it. I think we've taken, I, th I think all of us, Republicans, Democrats, independents alike, all, all true Americans, I'm speaking, I'm not talking about Marxists and extremists here. They don't count in my numbers or figures here, but I think real Americans, and I, and I think it's okay to have different beliefs and philosophies in, the, in when I say Americans. I, I, don't, I, I don't think America is supposed to be, well, we're all Republican or conservative. That's, that's rubbish. That's not what this is about. We're supposed to have different belief systems and different ideologies, different thoughts, but we also have to be weary and put our warrior hats on when we're talking about the extremists, the Marxists. So if the Democrat leaders, the politicians, and let's be real careful now, I see a lot of writers and a lot of show hosts they clarified the word Democrats and throw that out there. This is a real problem. And I see a lot of you all out there are doing it. And people on our platform do it as well. You shouldn't be using the word Democrats and just throw it out to collect everybody on that group. Because there are a lot of people with that ideology that were born that way, grew up that way, raised that way, and have great pride in the fact that they were a Democrat. And they had some liberal beliefs, but not, you know, not extremists. They still love their country. They're still patriots. Uh, and I know we don't think of that anymore. We don't think of patriots as some sort of a conservative right wing, but that's not really true, people. There's a, let's not lose sight of the whole center of this country and where it's at. And, and that's where I think I can be a peacemaker and to pull the, the, the parts together, the bridge together, to bring people to a a point that makes sense, you know? I don't think it has to be my way or the highway or the extremist viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, my personal philosophical belief and ideology as a conservative American, as a patriot is pretty well known. But that doesn't mean I don't have empathy and compassion and, and not willing to listen to people's ideas and thoughts. I very much am. And I think that's what makes our country outstanding. So what makes America, America. So we should never lose sight of that. So when a lot of you, when writers and hosts, and like I said, people even on our platform itself, when they go ahead and say, Democrats this and Democrats that, and Democrats all suck and Democrats, you're just doing harm. You're just, you're just, you're labeling that whole, it's wrong. Isolate the group and call them Democrat politicians, Democrat, it's hard to say Democrat leaders because there's not too many there, not to be a smart guy, but let's call them Democrat politics, call that sector out. You know, those particular House members or Senate members or mayors, governors, whatever they may be, but don't just put a blanketed statement out there and say all Democrats are this or all Democrats are that. No more than you can say all Republicans are this or all Republicans are that, right? Same thing. I mean, and we always say, well, there's rhinos in there, almost like it's a cancer or something. No, well, I get it. There are some Republicans that don't have strong conservative values. I, I'm not sure we really should be surprised. You see, when you're back to that wounded animal uh, theory, if, if you are a wounded animal, if you're um, 
it, or you know that you're, you chance losing the future, you chance losing your ideology, your party, your keepsake, uh, you, your, that, you know, that risk factor is, is there. You tend to pull out all the stops and you tend to double down and do whatever you have to do to secure power. Well, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, it's like anything. It's like sports. When I was growing up as a young boy, I mean, the most powerful, you know, that's why a team that didn't have the best record, but, you know, they got that fight in the spirit or you irritated them or stepped on something or bruised their ego or, you know, it empowers the other side, no matter what they get empowered and they come after you and they can do great things. It's the same thing. I call it in many ways, the, the wounded animal theory, because, you know, when an animal is, is wounded or really, really hurt, they can be at their most vicious and strike out. And it's really what we're dealing with right now with these political parties, what's happening. Now, I have reported for many years now, many years, two or three to be sure, not, not 10 years, but that I have seen a lot of telltale signs that the Democrat party was coming to its end point that it would self-destruct. And I've been watching it very carefully and not saying that as an ideologue or anything else, because listen, I don't think the Republicans have been, they wouldn't get the saint of the year award either, to be clear with you. I think politicians in DC in general is a cancer to be sure. Okay. So let me be sure everybody's on the page. I don't want you to think I'm only going after one side here. That's not really it. But right now, the evidence of this power grab is very clear in front of us, my fellow Americans. So we cannot discount that, please. Please follow me and understand. And if you're a Democrat friend, listener, or, or liberal friend, I, I want to keep you here listening. I, I don't want to alienate you where you think, you know, I'm going after all of that because I'm not. I'm, I'm simply not. I, I don't think that's how we're going to get the job done, people. I, I don't believe that's the answer for America and for Americans moving forward. You know, we need to give our brothers and sisters uh, an olive branch out there on both sides of the aisle to make this thing happen. Knowing everything the Democrat politicians did throughout the four years of Trump, they seen the country slipping away from them. They seen their overall arch and goal and objective slipping away from them. They seen the revved up economy. They seen America at its best. They seen the possibilities of American exceptionalism and the American spirit and where we're at. They, they, they did see all of that. And I think it scared the hell out of them. Those people that are not for, because you can't sit and argue with me and tell me those people are for Americans or American values. When you look at the policies that Biden has right now that these people support. How can you do that? You can't tell me that those Democrat politicians were comfortable, uh, self-consciously able to kill our, you know, energy independent status, kill all the pipelines and knock the energy down and, you know, make us again behoven to others and drive the prices of energy through the stratosphere 
So we're all paying more everywhere to heat the house, to cool the house, to put the gas in the car, run up the road or do anything else that requires energy. You know, then you add top of that, there's this, this uh, faux climate deal they got going on and, and you got a war on energy in this country to the likes of uh, something I've surely never seen in my lifetime. And, and all that, what does that really do for America's fighting spirit? You just know our adversaries and enemies are loving all this. They're loving it, absolutely loving it. You know, and the thing about it is we are doing this to ourselves. That's what's totally bizarre. I mean, our adversaries and our enemies see this and they say to themselves, can you just imagine, you'd like to be a fly in that room? You know, what they're saying to themselves and how they think. I mean, they literally are, they don't have to do anything to tear us apart. They don't have to do anything to really humiliate us. They don't have to do anything to pull us down a few notches. We are doing an absolutely fantastic job of that ourselves, my fellow Americans. It starts here and it ends here. Shame on us. You bet. Shame on us. Shame on us for allowing these political politicians who are employees of the American people is shame on us for allowing them to do what they're doing to our, to our constitution, to our country, to America first. Yeah. It comes back to we, the people, we're the boss, right? We are the boss here. That's what makes America so unique and so great and so brilliant. It, it was a great idea. We're slipping and sliding right now on Main Street for that idea. Without a doubt, our framers and founders are rolling around on their graves, people. Without a doubt. And that is not a good thing, uh, for sure. But as all this was happening now, and we now get into the year we've had, bringing it to present day at this moment in 2022 here. And we've seen the last year of how these policies have impacted real Americans, both sides of the aisle, you and I, everyone we know, have all been impacted by these radical ideas, radical policies, and with a just a dismal future. I mean, who can really say and put a jump in their step and say, wow, this has been the greatest year. I mean, I, I feel elated. I, I feel really good to be an American. I feel really good to be in our country. I feel really good for what the future holds. It's just not something we're talking about at the water coolers, my friends. It's not at all. So these Democrat politicians that see that they had this uh, very delicate uh, power, very, very delicate. They didn't have a mandate. Of course, they're trying to enforce mandates on the American people, but they didn't have a political mandate at all. They had, it was really just by a threat. You know, those two Senate seats in Georgia sort of tipped the whole iceberg over. And the chances of that happening were remote Talk about an act of Satan. There it is right there, huh? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that kind of gave them that 
that slight, slight power, okay, with the vice president being the tiebreaker in the Senate and just those few seats in the House. They lost a lot of seats. They, they lost a lot of ground, actually, in the 2020 election, despite all the fraud, despite all the things that happened. And when you're saying fraud, it's kind of a caveat not to alienate or piss, piss people off when I say that. For those who are centered or to the left, I say, Malcolm, you can't take a cheap shot like that. It's not really a cheap shot, people. And I'll get into that in just a little bit here. But let's just say that we can agree. They changed all the rules and how you vote. Now, you can like that or not like that. But the fact is, they changed all the rules and they changed them overnight. It's not like something we voted on as a people. No, we decided as a group what we were going to do. All this was pushed on and forced and twisted, arm twisted and mandated and slid and shoved and pushed down your throats. And it was all done in a, in a very precarious way, but through the dead of night. All that left, a lot of damage is what I would say to you. A lot of damage uh, on the, in our minds. And no matter what level of fraud there was or what you think there was or whatever happened to the machines overnight and the fairy godmother came in and started doing her thing or his thing or Satan's thing or no matter what you think, Oh, there were a lot of rules changed and nobody really even knew when it was happening so fast. It was a, was a dizzying effect, really. I mean, it was hard to really connect the dots, people. It was like it was being jammed and pushed and forced down Americans' throats. And, you know, I remember now, COVID was all the rage. I mean, COVID was all the rage. And that's what had everybody's attention was COVID. It, it was a, just a total distraction. You could have done anything at that point. That's, that's the moment where you can sell ice to an Eskimo. You can do about anything. I mean, people were literally fighting for their lives. You know? And, and that's a whole other set of circumstances there with COVID and, you know, early treatment and meds and you know people come on we've been on top of that mountain for so long here trying to push the out loud truth out there but you know <laughs> that was all there and this it, it was an odd moment i'm looking at here coming through the last part of 2021 and through really the whole year. And the power grab that was going on with the Biden administration was very clear with Democrat politicians, okay? All of that was happening, you know? And a lot of trickery. You had that infrastructure bill, went back and forth. And then it's just layered with total rubbish and garbage in there. I mean, it really was never about infrastructure. That was what they say some quotes around 10% or less was actual infrastructure. Heard reports of seven, eight percent. Whatever it is, there's a lot of garbage. Call it what you want, pork. There's a lot of garbage in that bill. And, and these are trillions of dollars we're spending. We're already in bankrupt mode. Horrible situation. 
like I said, you look at our assets and liabilities on a balance sheet and take it into a bank somewhere, they'd laugh you out. Without the might and the merry of the American people, the, the federal government is bankrupt. They have no, they, I mean, people, they, they got nothing to put on a balance sheet and they got no morals left either. So they, it is really pretty ugly looking at Washington. It's really embarrassing to even talk about it, don't you think? I mean, how far our federal government has, has fallen and where we're at right now today. So all of that took place. And I, I think they began to see that here's, here's the message. If they don't batten down the hatchets, if they don't begin to nationalize elections, because listen, 2020 was a big success to these politicians. No matter what level of fraud there was or is or what you agree or don't agree with, it was a pretty good success for making people uncomfortable about our elections, right? I mean, nobody really left with a jump in their step and said, well, we got the best. But yet there are some interesting numbers I'll share with you in moments here, okay? About that whole thing. But rest assured, what you're seeing right now is a power grab to the likes of what we haven't seen before. And the reason for that is this wounded animal, these Democrat politicians. In fact, there are a lot of Democrat politicians right now that are leaving the party. There's a record amount of that happening right now. Okay. I'll share that with you in a moment as well. All of that's happening. And now you're seeing a lot of their constituency are leaving. You're seeing for the first time, you're seeing the numbers swing heavy to the Republican side. And I, again, I, Republican, Democrat, you know, there's a lot of cancer in there, people, with both parties. Point is, a lot of people are seeing the failures of the politicians on that group. And they're coming over to this group of politicians. Now, listen, I really hope that Republican politicians can get it right. I, I, I really do. And I don't, I can't say I have a tremendous amount of confidence in a lot of those cats either, but I surely hope they can get it right. And they don't blow this opportunity to get it right for the American people to put an America first program and policy forward, but also to honor their promises and wishes and, uh, you know, the, the, the campaigns. I mean, that's one of the things I think we all liked about what Trump did is he did what he said he was going to do, and he executed on all cylinders. And that was a beautiful thing. You don't see that today in politics, people. You just don't see it. That was what one of the unique things. And you make debate policies, and that's okay. We, we, don't, we don't need a country of people that just go along with everybody just because. I mean, it's okay to debate all this stuff. It's okay. It's the way it's supposed to be, and then we'll come up with an answer. But always, we should always put America first, shouldn't we? We should always talk about our immigration and get that fixed, shouldn't we? We should always talk about our economy and do what's right, shouldn't we? I mean, we should always talk about great energy and energy independence, shouldn't we? I mean, do you have to be a Democrat or Republican to like those things? You see, my fellow Americans, you don't. And that's where we need to unite the party and unite the people as the American wave. That's what I keep saying. It's not so much to me a red wave or a blue wave in this election or the next election. What I'm really, what I'm really praying for, what I'm really dying for myself, truth is, is an American wave. That's what I pray to God for, is just give us an American wave, God Almighty. 
Allow Americans, left, right, and center, to stand up and take their country back. And just in, in the words, you know, of a Ronald Reagan or a John F. Kennedy, unite the people, the American people I'm speaking about. I don't think we're ever supposed to be a kumbaya united nation. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think that was ever the plan here. And our framers knew that. The founders of this great country knew that. Argue and debate and calling each other names throughout the nine to five, that's a fine thing. But let's not kill each other after five. Let's go out for a drink like Chip O'Neill used to do with Ronald Reagan. Nothing wrong with that, people. That's, that's the America we need to get back to. That is the shiny city on a hill. That's bright. We're, you, know, you don't have these massive shifts from one side to the other, but it's okay. We can come to some consensus and move forward. As long as we're not trying to nationalize everything. And see, and that's the problem right now, people, to get to the point is the federal government is bloated. It's large. It's huge. It's big. It's out of control. And it's good for nothing. It's not good for anybody. And that's what we need to start seeing as Americans, as we the people. We need to pull our employees back in. We need to, we need to reel them back in. Do you, do you, are you with me? We need to corral these people back. These, these employees of ours, we need to make them aware and we need to pull them back in. You see, that's what needs to happen next. That's on all sides of the political spectrum, people, all sides. Well, we're now seeing numbers back to the good news I was sharing with you. And there actually is some good things to report uh, that I do want to share that will give us a telltale sign potentially of what might be ahead, provided politicians don't get ahead of themselves. So I would say back to you all out there, we the people need to stay in control and we need to make them aware we're watching, we're listening. This is all of them. Democrats, Republicans, independent. Don't think your Republican politicians are saints, okay? They're not. They all need to be railed in. They all need to be controlled. These are people, our fellow citizens, who we sent to Washington to represent us, and they work for the people. That is a simple, simple perspective on how this thing works doesn't have to be complicated people doesn't have to be complicated you know policies and the, the the government and how it shifts and the political wins and the power seekers and that's what we need to control and we need to lasso those people in and 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 take this government back downsize it downsize it considerably you know, eliminate some of that debt, clean it up a little bit, put a paint job on the house. Maybe, maybe we take the white house and we paint it a different color this time. I don't know. I'm not, not talking rainbow colors now, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's an ivory or a gray or something. It's time to get rid of the white house. I don't know. Maybe we do something with the Capitol. I know we had a construction job. There a facelift recently on the, the Capitol, uh, Right. But it, it, maybe it's time we do that. I, you know, whatever, you know, sometimes just stepping back and looking at things, looking at the tea leaves, I guess. 
we are at a pivotal moment in our country here in 2022, without a doubt. We're taking on a lot of water. It's a tsunami. It's a tsunami for sure. It's a tsunami of corruption. It's a tsunami of a federal government. And we're being taken over. We're, we're drowning here. The American people, I'm suggesting, are dry. And that's everybody, people. That's it. We're all going down together. Let me make that clear. If this doesn't work and we don't succeed, and this is that's another fantastic point to pull to our brothers and sisters on the left and the right. We either get it together here, my fellow Americans, or we're going to go down together. That's it. Not going to be a lot of happy medium there, people, as the globalists, you know, circle like vultures. And as our politicians begin to, uh, you know, fail us at every turn, eh, it's, it's, it's time that we have to pull the power back in and, and re-engage, re reinvent, re recalibrate, and, and then reinvigorate our great nation. Oh, man. Shining city on a hill. Oh, I love our country. I love our people. I really do. It's the best, absolutely the best in the world. I love all, all Americans. I mean, we just need to do the impossible right now. We need to do the right job. And we need to pray on that. It's time for an act of God. We need to get all people, all Americans together to do that. It is a time where we're trying to get COVID in the rearview mirror. We're trying to move forward as a people. There are still people suffering and there are still people dying, sadly, with COVID and something we have to be mindful of. Our um, federal government has not done a good job of managing this affair, uh, this pandemic, and they're still not doing a good job. They've not made early treatment meds available to Americans. They, they push in masks and vaccines and things, or things that are not effective onto people, onto the population, destroying your rights. Uh, but all the things that do work, all the, you know, all the therapeutics that work and all the things that have been effective, they're, you know, they're being censored and obliterated in the media and, you know, they're controlling who says what. And if you have a different philosophy, they call you out. I seen a thing the other day on Joe Rogan. They're calling a cancer and they need to, they want um, Spotify is who it is. I guess they're, he's the one who runs his stuff and they want Spotify to throw him the hell off. Well, that's what they do. That's what the woke cancel culture do. They want to cancel Joe Rogan now, basically. They'll cancel anybody. I mean, clearly, I mean, you have to be, you have to have thick skin in this business, people. You can't really care about what they call you. Like I get people on social media, they say all different things. I say, oh, you're a faggot or you're this or that. I, I just, I never answered that stuff back. I guess as long as they're calling me, I'm happy. I mean, people really say what I just said. I don't say that to be smart or anything. They call me all kinds of names. But, you know, again, as long as they're talking about us, it's okay, I think, you know. I just don't give them the fuel back to deal with it, whatever. Call us, whatever. So they're trying to cancel Rogan and Spotify. They want him off of there. And, you know, because he's given false information out there on COVID and all of that, you know. Well, their false information because it's not their brand of, uh, of falsehoods, you know, and, and the science is a joke, isn't it? And so here we are, you know, here we are. So we've got to get over that. And, you know, I, I tell you, and I want to give you just a mindful message today. And if you haven't engaged in healthy cell, I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, I tell you this every day and you hear it on our platform from you know, Dr. Peter McCullough, you hear from our constitutional expert, Paul Engel, you hear it from 
you know, Robin Andrew in the evenings and after dark. And you hear from a lot of different people on the network. You hear from Joe Pangaro, in fact, Jason Justice in the afternoons. Uh, we've all become very reliant on healthy self for a lot of reasons. For me, it, it's just been a love affair for four years. I've been taking their product for that long. And I truly believe in it, which is why I suggest it to you. That's for that reason. I'm the one that called Healthy Cell back then and said, hey, we, we, we've got to be your home because I just feel like tremendous about this. But I've always known the importance of our health and our immune system. I never thought I would know as much as I know now. And I never thought how much, how really important it was. But now after COVID, it's very clear there's nothing more important than the health of our immune systems. It is number one. And I want you to know that if you don't know that, you surely have to know it by now. If you've been listening to me, it's the most important thing. If you don't do anything for health and you've got to take care of the health of your cells, the health of your immune system is vital, vital, vital. And you know, there's a lot of things happening ahead that I'm really concerned with. Read that recent article on America Out Loud from Ilana Friedman and see what I mean there. Uh, she's got an article up there about China that is really, um, I mean, it's an eye opener to me. It's uh, send our athletes to Beijing. Hell no. It's on the front page. If you listen to this on talk radio, and if not, just go to under Ilana Friedman under our team and search for that article and share it out there. Uh, there's a couple of um, uh, viruses, new viruses in China and all that she points out there based on research and intelligence. That's very accurate. And this is a real problem, you know. So we never know when this next virus or this next COVID affair or something that's going to strike our nation and our people. We're in a whole different era today. We're in a whole different era, a whole different minefield. Bio, biological weapons are going to become a, a, a thing of the future. Sadly, I'm sad to report that. Just a cyber fraud will be things of that nature, AI. Uh, the world is changing rapidly, people. I mean, really, really rapidly. Um, but anyways, uh, Healthy Cell is great. Uh, there's a multi-product every day, gel form. If you don't like pills, it's fantastic. A focus is for the brain. REM, uh, REM sleep helps you sleep at night. There's a host of products here that are phenomenal. AC11, I love AC11. It's a little uh, capsule, uh, very easy to take. I mean, it's definitely something you want. Check out all the products. Go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud and spend a few minutes there and, and talk to yourself and see what makes sense for you. All our listeners get 20% off the first order, so you know how to engage in that. So uh, go to it, friends, and, and take care of your immune system, take care of your health. And, uh, and we, we want you to be here and want you to be healthy for our, uh, you know, beautiful country and all of our patriots to be healthy. So we'll take a pause here. We'll join you in just a moment here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. 
That's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Had they taken a poll in Philadelphia in 1776, they would have scrapped the whole idea of independence. A third of the country was for it. A third of the country was against it. And the remaining third, well, in the old human way, was waiting to see who came out on top. Those are the words of David McCullough. Join us back at AmericaOutloud.com and find out which of today's politicians are in which third. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Outloud here. Yours truly, my fellow Americans, thank you for being with me on the mission here today. And uh, so, hey, did you know about this now? Uh, first quarter 2021, just, just a year ago here, okay? Uh, follow me on this. 49% of Americans said they identified as a Democrat or they leaned a Democratic independent, okay? So 49%. 40% said they were Republican or leaned Republican independent. So you had 49 to 40. Now, this was the largest lead a year ago that Democrats had over the Republicans, over the GOP since about 2012. Okay, so we're talking about 10 years. And, and back then, the left, uh, the Democrats led the Republicans by about nine points. And so you can see what we're talking about here. This this was a pretty good glimpse of things a year ago. Now, a lot of that was for a lot of reasons. You had all of the, uh, the favor of the Trump administration, all of the, uh, uh, well, the reality of the hostilities, the January 6th, the, they beat up Trump pretty well in the press and the Republicans are taking a pretty big hit and bruising when that election happened in 2020, however you want to look at it. And again, every, you know, it's hard. Every time you talk about the 2020, you almost need to go on a song and dance about fraud, you know, really, and start singing and dancing about fraud or something. But, you know, we, we, we know that there's a lot of uncertainties there and a lot of questions. And as I say, when you change all the rules because of a virus, that, that in itself is wrong, period, no matter how much else is wrong. It's wrong how they even did it, period, you know. Now, what's changed about this and what's interesting is the percentage of Americans now who identify as Democrats or lean Democrat independents, 
Um, through the second quarter, stayed pretty well the same. In 2021, I'm talking about now. Um, and uh, But Republicans, uh, they started to increase a little bit. It jumped up to 43%. More people, and in independence. And I remember seeing the telltale signs of that in mid-2021, by the way. A lot of surveys, a lot of reports I read and research on this. And I, I knew the Republicans were... Uh, uh, making some progress, uh, traction, if you will. And so those are independents who began to go the other way because a lot of them shifted that way because they seen the policies of the Biden administration and they really were convinced they were no longer part of the far left. Remember, the far left is really swallowed and eaten the Democrat Party whole. And a lot of those independents didn't like what they seen. And so that's a lot of people. That's millions of people. They shifted immediately to the right and they no, no longer were going to be independent, but would pretty well confirm that they would be more, whatever you want to call it, more, more Republican, more, more of those uh, philosophies and policies they associated with, if you will. Okay. Now, by the fourth quarter of last year, so this is just you know, we just we're in, you know, right now, you know, where we're at here, January, February here. So you're just talking a, a month or more ago here, dependent. Okay. So you're talking fourth quarter of 2021. Here, here's the big aha moment in the drum roll for you. More Americans say they now identify with uh, Republicans than Democrats. So we're talking about a 47 to 42. Now that's a hell of a shift, people. 47 to 42% have shifted that way. So if you look at that sort of a shift, they were 49 the other way. So that's seven that way. And the Republicans gained seven. You're talking about a 14% shift, if you follow me. They gained seven, the Republicans, and they lost seven, the Democrats. That's a 14% swing. Wow, wow, wow. Now, is it a shock? Well, it, I mean, on the on the basis of looking at it, it does appear to be somewhat shocking in that short period of time for that. But it really shouldn't be a shock, people, when you look at any of the policies. These are real world policies, as I was sharing with you the other day. When things hit your own wallet and you're paying twice as much at the gas pump or you're paying all kinds of money more for groceries and things that you know that you know, you didn't pay just a few months ago and you can't afford it. Most people, they don't have this built in. They didn't get a raise. You know, this is all very, very tenuous out there. What's happening in the workforce. There's a lot of uncertainty out there and, and people are not at their total best right now. This is not the time for this kind of thing. And on top of this, uh, I think Americans have been through a lot. They've been through a lot of fear. It's been a lot of unsettlement, a lot of strife. And I, I and it saddens me to report that, that people have that throughout, but they do. And there's been a lot of death, people. There's been a lot of sickness. It's not been a good time in our country, clearly. The last couple of years have been hell. It has absolutely been the play of hell. Evil has been winning these last couple of years. But there always is that silver lining. We should never lose hope, really. So you're seeing now that middle aisle has started to shift and independents and Democrats have now said, well, I think we align more with the Republican values and ideologies than I do the left. 
Well, it's because of the policies. These people don't want open borders. They don't want crime, escalation of crime, defunding police, crime running rampant, no bail, district attorneys out of control. It's a long, long, long list. The economic situation, uh, the inflation is sky, all of these things, the energy being decimated, it's on and on and on. Policy after policy after policy after policy. Now, James Carville comes out and he says, well, he advises Democrats to quit being a whiny party. Interesting. Interesting that the Democrat strategist from the Clinton era would say, you know, don't be a don't be a, uh, a whiny party calling out his own people. OK. All right. But then when you look into the weeds of his comments, it even gets more interesting. I'm sure you heard about the talking point of him saying that, but you may not know what he said within the weeds of the context of what he said, okay? Now, he says uh, that the party's whining too much and he urges them. Now, l- listen to me. Now, you're going to fall on the floor when you hear some of this. So brace yourself, okay? If you're standing up or sitting down. He urged them to gloat, gloat, about their successes. That's what he's asking them to do is gloat about their successes leading into the 2022 midterm elections. Don't whine, gloat. Now, how do you gloat about the successes? How could you possibly gloat? This is remarkable. Now, I know he's a strategist. Remember, these people can pull, you know, they watch how the way the political winds blow These are the people clearly that walk out their doors in the morning and put their finger up to see which way the political winds blow and act accordingly and get all of their press conferences and all of their PR aligned that way. I mean, this is really the core basic form of political trickery. But gloat about their successes, he's telling them. I I just what successes have there been? The I just the numbers I just gave you moments ago are clear. The American people are leaving that. They if there were successes there, Mr. Carville, they wouldn't be leaving the Democrat plantation. They would stay there. Whites, blacks, browns, yellows, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're all leaving the Democrats. And the Democrats really is, it is really is a plantation. They want people to be dependent on them. They want people to be slaves of the Democrat Party. That's what we're looking at. It's a current day plantation. This has got nothing to do with blacks and black Americans running. It's got to do with everybody. That's their philosophy. And they think Americans are their slaves. And they think they can ridicule them. And I think there are a lot of Americans, millions are now catching on to their game. And this is a very good thing. This is a little more than just a silver lining. This could be the measurement of tipping the canoe back the other way, people. Now, you should not take anything for granted, and I will continue to tell you that. But this is very good news, what I share with you today, okay? Now, Carville says, and I quote, just quit being a whiny party and get out there and fight and tell people what you did and tell people the exact truth. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, if they really followed Carville's advice and then went out there and told people the exact truth, how do you think that would go? Well, constituency, here's what we did for you. We, you're paying, you know, yeah, you're paying all that much more at the pump. Yeah, well, we decimated the energy. Yeah, yeah, we're no longer energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have to get it. Yeah, yeah, I know we approved the Russia pipeline. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Well, I know the inflation is really high. I get it. But, you know, yeah, I know you're paying more for groceries. I, I get that as well. Yeah, I know there's more crime on the streets, people. But can't you find something to be happy about? What the hell are you going to say? 
He says this all on NBC News on Meet the Press, okay? Tell them the truth. I don't know whose truth he's looking for, but if he tells them the truth, you're going to see those numbers I just gave you moments ago. They'll be quadrupled in size. You'll There'll be a giant sucking sound coming from people leaving the party. It'll be like you won the lottery. Ching and a 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 ching. People will be, it'll be like, wow. It'll be like, it'll be like uh, you know, the chasing the bulls there in Spain. People will be running like, wow. I mean, I don't know what Carville's talking about here. And he goes on to say this. He says here, um, if inflation is still at 7% in November this year, we'll lose anyways. So what the hell, right? But a lot of people don't think that's going to be the case. Now, I don't know, Carville, if it's just all trickery language or how he thinks he's doing this, but their policies are not going to change, right? Unless he knows something we don't know. But they're still spending money, really, truly like drunken sailors. I mean, they're trying to push every sort of spending proposition through that they can. There's nothing short of spending money that these people are not on top of. None of that's good for inflation. None of that's good. And so when he talks about, well, a lot of people don't think that's going to be the case. What does he think is going to happen between now and November? Listen, I've been talking to economists. I've been talking about experts in the field that study this stuff far more than me. And they believe there's a there's a scary moment coming for our country, coming down the pike here soon, people, you know? So, and then Carville goes this way. He tells Todd, Chuck Todd, that is, yeah. Soldier on, I quote now, soldier on. I like, soldier on. You had a bad week, but you had a good year. People at the end of the day are going to judge you on your year, not your week. And this is tough, hard business. And you've got ups and downs. You got bruised. You got beat up. Right, Carville says you got to get up. So he thinks you had a bad week. It was a bad week. Everybody reported on Joe Biden's very bad week. We get that, but you had a good year. Now I don't know if before Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, if he had a couple of hits or something. I don't know what how intoxicated he was for the interview. I, I don't know any of that. But clearly, none of this makes sense. It's not sensible. I mean, you had a good year. Where is this man coming from? You had a good year. I don't, I don't know. That, that would be a hell of a sell. I don't know how you, I don't even think you could get Democrats to buy that book. If you wrote a book and put that all on, the, that'd be the title of his book. You had a soldier on. I see that book title right there. Carville, James Carville, soldier on. That'd be the title. You had a bad week, but you had a good year. That would be the subhead. There it is right there. Who would buy that book? Who? I, I, I can't think of anybody. Maybe a communist would buy it, potentially. Maybe. But I don't hang with those people. So I still don't know anybody. My Democrat friends wouldn't buy it. And surely my Republican friends wouldn't. I, mean, I don't know who would buy that book. Wow. So in the meantime, all of this is happening. And now there's a push to try to kill the filibuster. And, you know, you've got to your... Uh, because they... You know, one thing they... You can always tell... Uh, you know, the, 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 the real skin of somebody. Okay. When, if they can't win it legally, they change all the rules that, and that's what the politicians are doing. Trying the Democrat politicians, not Democrats got to be careful now. Okay. We're going to play this right now, but those politicians, that's what they're trying to do. Right. And so change the rules, but you know what? 
<laughs> Manchin and Cinema say, no, we're, we're not interested in blowing up the whole Senate. We're not interested in blowing up any sort of diplomacy here in our nation. We're not interested in being part of your power grab. Now, Chucky e. Schumer, who is really, he is, he's got to be the pitcher of on the FBI's most wanted list, if there ever was one. I mean, this guy is criminal in, in nature, intent to, to um, you know, put the kind of rhetoric and conversation out there he does. But he thinks somehow he's got, he's still by hook or by crook, thinks he's going to get this uh, nationalizing election, the Freedom to Vote Act through. Um, that's what they're calling it, to, the Vote to Freed Act. And what's really egregious about this is that the House put this all under some old NASA bill. This is, you all ought to look this up if you don't know what's happening here. This is, this is all being done in the light of day. This is what you call when people are losing. This is when losers lose more to lose as much as they can possibly lose because they're a wounded animal and there is nowhere else to go. You know, you can't win on this record. You can't win on these policies. You can't win on any of this. You are a wounded animal. And so what the hell? Let's just change the rules now before they shoot me in the head. That's why I now believe the Democrat Party is at the end of its existence, people, right there. That's it. They're wounded. They're looking to be shot. The Democrat politicians, those leaders, those cor the corrupt, they're looking to be shot in the head. Basically, they're looking to be, they're done, just like a wounded animal. I don't want anybody shooting anybody here. Let's be clear, okay? But you get the point, right? You get the picture. We don't do violence here, to, to be sure, all right? So all of that said, people, there's a lot of silver lining in this whole story I just gave you today. Whole lot. There's a lot more nitty gritty here, but you get the point here. And now I think we need to put the olive branch out there and come together and create an American wave. That's what that's what I'm that's what Malcolm's asking for. An American wave with our brothers and sisters and pull people together to save America away from the politicians, those people who went corrupt and who went rogue, who forgot they worked for us. That's exactly it. That's my story today, my fellow Americans, and I am darn well sticking to it. You bet. Thank you for being with me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud.